you're listening to In Focus by MarketScale, a podcast by video professionals for video professionals, putting in focus the topics, teachers, and tips guiding today's video industry. With your host, MarketScale's Senior Director of Video Production, Josh Brummett. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the In Focus podcast, where we talk about anything and everything in the video production industry. Today, I have a very special guest, Abigail Nelson, owner of Panther City Media. Abigail, in the middle of COVID, decided to start her own business uh, with with doing video and photography, and uh, she's been doing an awesome job. So we have her on the show today, and I'm excited to have you. Welcome, Abigail. Thank you so much, Josh. Happy to be here. Awesome. So you you started your own company. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I graduated college mid-COVID, was not able to go to my graduation, um, you know, really wasn't able to feel like, hey, you did the dang thing. You graduated. Here's your piece of paper. Um, so I was really just looking for what is the next step after graduation? Um, typically, most people expect you to like go get your big girl job and work in the corporate industry. Um, and I knew I would hate that um, just in my past jobs and experiences as part time jobs and stuff. So I really challenged myself to fully develop and dive into not just freelance, um, but making freelance full time and not having to take any gig that came up just to pay the bills, um, truly investing in what I wanted to make, what my values were, um, and make that line up with what would be Panther City Media. And that's really the dream for a lot of freelancers out there. You know, everybody wants to get away from the gig to gig, you know, way of doing business and start your own company. And and it's scary. I mean, you have to have you. I mean, it's a totally different ballgame going from that to having your own company. So what kind of caused you to kind of go over the edge and say, this is what we have to do and then start start actually making it a reality? Yeah. So I think I just got tired of having to, you know, kind of like bow down to all the other people trying to make it work, like having a contract for tons of different people. You know, I'm such a people person and relationships mean a lot to me. Um, and I just got tired of having to show up and never see them again. Um, you know, being just an extra hand. And so I truly wanted to create an environment that I was hungry for, which was intentionality between not just gig to gig, but really like building a business and what that meant and, you know, shadowing people and seeing how they ran their business and their flaws. And, you know, I definitely learned a lot being 18 in the industry and a woman, you know, like you learn a lot from behind the scenes. Um, and that's just kind of like, made me want to do better than the example I had been led to believe was good. Um, And so that's how Panther City Media was kind of sparked into my brain. Awesome. And what's interesting is, you know, it's hard enough to start your own business, but you started during, you know, in in COVID, which has been, you know, and, and I'm sure that was probably one of the reasons why you decided to start your business. I'm sure it's hard to find a job, you know, a full time job doing this while everybody was laying people off. Exactly. Yeah, I um prior to COVID and prior to graduation had a few foot in the doors for, you know, more corporate-esque, like full-time going to the office type video jobs and really question myself if would I be happy there, you know? Um, And then COVID hit and there was no more, would you be happy there? There was, you will not be there. (laughs) Yeah. And I, what's interesting is it sounds like you kind of made the right decision. Like COVID kind of forced you into this this decision that was probably the right one, huh? Thank you. Yeah. Um, it definitely has been a, a great risk, but I've just totally seen the reward because 
even though, you know, right when COVID hit and social distancing and everything was closed, like you really couldn't do your job, you know, unless you were like an essential worker. Um, And video eventually, thankfully, became essential. And so how have you guys, I mean, how have you adapted to doing work in COVID? I mean, going on, on production sets is not as easy. How were you able to make it successful and adapt in order to help grow your business? Yeah, so definitely. So I got married literally the weekend. Everything shut down. So when it came to all of my brides and couples that um, I had on the books for the next year for COVID, before COVID, um, you know, just reaching out to them and saying, I am able to relate to you. I've been in your shoes. You know, I didn't have all my family members show up to my wedding. Um, And so then just offering and saying, like, you don't have to cancel it. You don't have to. Like at the time, yeah, people had to reschedule because of the government. Um, But there were people like in 2021 who were like, guess we'll cancel, guess we'll reschedule. Um, And just reminding them that things may look a little different, but that's totally okay. Different's not always bad. Um, And so for weddings and stuff like that, like smaller can sometimes be better. And live streaming and truly focusing. I don't think a lot of people realize how important wedding videography or, you know, not just weddings, but corporate videography, how important it is until their event's over and everyone's like, wish I could see a recap, you know, but then there's those couples who truly listen to you and your advice of let me make, let me be there. Right. And then be able to create something that makes them feel as if they were there too. That's awesome because I, I mean, people really do need to remember that. And even though we are in a, in a in a place where it's hard, it's harder to get people together. It's still important. And being able and we've done some shoots recently where we're able to pull people together. We're able to do social distancing. We're able to have a successful shoot, um, but still, but still did safety measures to keep everything safe. And I think that sometimes people think, oh, there's just no way. Well, there is, and I think you have to just think about it and be intentional with it, and you can still get there and have a successful production. Absolutely. Awesome. So I have to ask, because Panther City Media is a cool name. How'd you come up with the name? So I really struggled with this for like a few months. Um, Prior to Panther City Media, my maiden name was included in my freelance um, title. And I knew I was going to change my last name, so it was going to be invalid. Um, And I actually live in Fort Worth and love Fort Worth. Um, And Fort Worth is known as Panther City. So I was like, cool. What perfect way to include this city into a production company based out of Fort Worth um, to service the Fort Worth area and surrounding areas. Awesome. Do you know the history behind that? I've never, never knew about the Panther City. Yes. Um, So there's like a Dallas Star Telegram and I have it somewhere, I think, on the website. But basically, I think back in the 1950s, there was a Sleeping Panther Um, sited in downtown Fort Worth and Dallas kind of made a jab like Fort Worth is so so not busy that a panther could just (laughs) find its way in the downtown and take a nap you know Um, but then from there Fort Worth was like actually that's kind of (laughs) dope and so they you'll see like the panther downtown there's statues uh, the Fort Worth Police Department they have all panther like logos and symbols so like we just kind of embraced it yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. It's typical Dallas, you know, trying to oh, jab sure. on, on Fort Worth and then they right? just own it. You know, that's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So something I really think that's awesome in your work and your your uh, commercial and your, your wedding work is that you really capture 
the human emotion really well. You really see people for what they are, and I think it has a very nice realistic and natural kind of look to your to how you do things with your work. So I want to talk to you about that. You know, how do you capture the human element? How do you connect with people and the subject matter in a captivating way? Absolutely. So for me, um, as I said earlier, like I am such a people person and relationships are crucial for me. Um, And so when, say, I get uh, an inquiry for a wedding video or a corporate video or photos or whatever the session may be, um, I truly make it, you know, they're not just a copy paste and send the name correctly, say we're available type of template. I really want to ask like the important questions. And so one way to do that is by like sending out questionnaires and truly knowing like why they want the video. Why is it important for them? Um, you know, versus just someone being there to capture it. Like, why do you really want, like, what are you wanting to showcase? And so knowing that from the beginning creates this transparent conversation of, these are my values. This is what matters to me. And me saying, okay, let me help you express that. Um, and so that literally starts from the first email, the first phone call, and it should go until you wrap the project. Right. And I think that, you know, people always have a story to tell. There's always something, everybody has is something that unique that tells about them. And sometimes people might see that as a flaw or something that's not, you know, they don't want to show off, but really that's what makes people who they are. And I think embracing that natural state is something that people could do more of. And uh, so how do you guys kind of really find the realism of that and help capture that? Yeah, so I I personally um, love transparency, like I said. Um, so, you know, accepting our flaws, accepting that we make mistakes and that we're all human. I think, you know, that starts with the film crew and the company um, truly having that value and knowing, like, we are all approachable we should all be able to talk about constructive criticism and, hey, today I I had a bad attitude or, hey, today I really messed up. And, you know, it's just so you can build each other back up um, and grow. And and I think you see that a lot of like uh, like narrative, like documentaries, you know, people, I, I just love it when people just turn on the camera and you can tell it's unedited and they just let yeah. things roll. You know, you let, Absolutely. Pe- when you let people just talk. Sometimes you get some of the, the most awesome things. And um, I think, you know, I think that's something that I tend to do too much is try to script too much. But when really you just roll on the camera and just have a a conversation with someone and then you just get some magic. And I think that that's something that's awesome. And especially even people don't realize it in weddings, though, too. I mean, sometimes it's really easy to have like you they want to they feel like they have to say a certain thing or kind of show themselves a certain way. But um, just sometimes putting them in the moment and just kind of being a fly on the wall and watching things kind of unfold is an interesting way of, of, of videography. Absolutely. And that's funny you say like just letting the cameras roll because um, a few months ago I was filming for a very short documentary um, about a woman who found out she was pregnant by her boss um, and she was sharing her testimony and um, he like totally denounced her name, like said, you're a liar, whatever. And so this was the first time she was admitting to the world that she <laughs> that she was pregnant and that she now had a child and, you know, she was trying to move past this trauma. Um, and I got the highest, like, that was such a cool opportunity for um, person to person to be able to be a listening ear and literally setting up the cameras and the microphones, but like, understanding when to stop rolling almost you know like like not trying to use someone as like a product 
Um, and so literally sitting there for two hours, like, uh, I prayed over her and, um, was able to just like cry with her about life's traumas, but then conjuring up and collecting ourselves and hitting record and being able to have that emotion together. Um, I think it's important to let people know like their story while it's important. Um, you know, I don't want to always feel, make people feel like, oh, I have to do this because if I don't, she'll be so upset. Like, no, it's your life. It's your story. Like that matters a ton. And, and capturing people on camera is actually like extremely personal. And, and I think sometimes people see it as it's just, it's just a business, you know? Right. But when you look at it as you're, you're capturing the story and you're, you're putting an imprint of this person on a, on a moving media Exactly. You know, I think we see it that way. I think it kind of changes the way you want to capture people and tell stories and, and, and interact with the, your audience even. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, one thing that I think is really awesome and I I've think it is extraordinary is the fact that you're a female owned, you're a female business owner. Yes. And, uh, and, and the film industry is historically very male dominant. And I think that, I think there's still a lot of you know, issues around that in the industry yep. and, and starting your own business, you know, what, what is your kind of perception on that? And, and what do you, how do you feel about being a woman owning your own business in the video industry? I definitely think, um, it's super exciting. I think being in the year 2020, you know, there's a lot of, uh, advancements in history happening. Um, and two, I think like going back to when I was 14 and, didn't really see any other females doing what I was doing. You know, no one really ever sh told me that they also had a camera or that they also were shooting weddings at such a young age. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to Fort Worth um, that I found another female videographer. And my life changed after that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Um, and so hearing the term cameraman um, as a young kid, like you just think, oh, I, I can't do it then. You know, like that's not me. Um, but I truly think like we're demolishing that term and kind of like changing it a little bit, um, just to be more generic. So yeah, like you said, like it, it's not perfect yet. And I've had my run-ins on sets and gigs where it is definitely male dominated and being so young too, it's almost like a, a joke to them that, you know, I show up to set and have thousands of dollars of equipment and set it up and know exactly what I'm doing. And then they almost like try to challenge me as if I I don't know everything that I'm doing. And I'm like, why'd you hire me in the first place? But, you know, um, it's just nice to to kind of change their mind and kind of prove them wrong <laughs> to say. Right. And and something that I think people just think about is they just, sadly, they think women uh, as different than men. They think right. that th a woman won't be able to do the same stuff or they might not be able to hold the camera the same way or mm -hmm. that they're going to be, you know, I think people need to really, you know, stop thinking that way where, Women are, are not, you know, while, you know, physically we might be different, but in, right. when it comes to operation and creation and being an artist, there's a lot of the same ways. And, and, and really, there should be no difference in that. And I think people are kind of stuck in that mindset in some ways, you know? Right. And it's, it's, we offer a second perspective and that can mean everything for a film success. And, um, you know, what used to be a keep your head down, do what you're told is now, a beautiful equal partnership. I feel like, you know, you guys are like women often have to kind of be over, overdo things just to show <laughs> that they're, that they're capable. 
And how right. do, you, do you feel that they have that that is kind of the case? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can say all day, I can do this, 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 and that, and then show up to set. And while I can still say that, they probably won't believe it till they see it. So I definitely think, you know, walking in with a good head on your shoulders, confident, not overconfident, but, you know, confident in your abilities. Um, but also just be willing to learn and not just from men, but from women as well. I think it's important to, like I said, keep a good head on your shoulders and have a healthy conscience for growth. I don't think you should ever walk in thinking you know it all and there's you've capped it. Um, but yeah, just being open to be confident, but still know that you can learn. Right. And I think actions speak louder than words. Whenever you come in there and own the set and you know what you're doing and you create awesome shots, I mean, that's what speaks for it. And I think hopefully over time people will see that and, and start changing their perspective. Absolutely. So what kind of tips and tricks do you have for women that are that are looking to get into the film industry that may have seen some of these these items and it's a little bit discouraging? Yeah. So I would definitely say, as I mentioned earlier, like knowing your worth, um, knowing your talent before ever stepping on set. I have stepped onto sets before um, in different states and really felt discouraged, um, just feeling challenged as if no one really cares that I'm there. Um, and so, you know, I've had my run-ins with PAs who think they're more than a PA or, you know, like hearing a project, like a producer say, um, yeah, like just try and not be here right now. Like act like you're invisible. Like literally being told that face, like to my face, uh, that's pretty triggering, <laughs> you know, like, um, being someone who is confident and I do know my self-worth hearing someone have the audacity to say that, you know, that's just not okay, you know? Um, but yeah, so stick to your gut. You know, if, if something feels off or the communication has kind of been like missing or you just don't feel like you're on the same page, don't take the gig. You know, you don't have to take every single inquiry you get. And I keep reminding myself of that day on and day on because there are some clients who, while the money's great, the headache's not worth it, to be honest, you know? Right. And and I think that's something that other people, you should also keep in mind is, you know, a lot of times you might say like, oh, women make great editors or great producers and they kind of been thrown into these niches. But man, if you want to go operate a camera, go operate a camera. If you want to be a gaffer and, and operate the lights or, or build sets, you do it. And I think that's something exactly. that, you know, encourage encouraging people to where if, if you want to do it, there's a way to do it. And I, I've been amazed by, you know, female op camera operators and and they'll come in and, and I'm, I'm like there's no way they can hold a movie for three hours and, <laughs> yep. and that, that's me you know you know being stereotypical and not you know and sadly i thought that but right. and man they come in there and they kick butt and they they <laughs> operate just even better than i could and it is so right. awesome to see and i think that you know people coming in there and having that mindset is, is awesome and, and i can't wait to see it develop further me too. Well, another thing, kind of going back to your business, um, and I think that, you know, we have a lot of freelancers that probably listen to this podcast that are probably on the fence on saying, I want to start my own business. I want to kind of grow into this work gig by gig basis and really start to own my own my own media and what I do. What tips would you provide to these freelancers that are looking to start their own business? I would say trust the process. Um, you're not going to know everything. And certainly the government's not going to lay it all out for you. Um, that's just the world we live in. 
So if you really want to do things right, if you want to understand, you know, what taxes to charge and you're like, no one ever told me that. Well, yeah, um, they don't because they want you. It's almost like they don't want you to know. So there's not as many like it's a little bit more difficult. Um, But I would just say, you know, build the foundation um, from the get go. Like you're not going to build a house with no foundation and expect it to last for years. Um, So just truly focus on why. Why are you wanting to create a company? What are you going to offer that's different from the film company down the street? And how do you market yourself? How do you get your name out there and you start building your business? So definitely um, majority word of mouth. Um, That word always kind of stung in my ears when I'd hear that from other professionals. I'm like, oh, how do I do that? You know, like, how do I tell everyone about myself and my business by word of mouth? Well, I oftentimes edit out of coffee shops. Um, I'm a huge advocate for that. And so I, and also being extroverted probably helps. Um, But yeah, so I always have a business card on me. Um, You know, I kind of self-advertise like on my laptop sleeve. There's like my business card. So like people know, you know, like, oh, she does video or photo. Um, And then just not being afraid to share. Like, and two, it's not like a, Ooh, look at me. I have my own company. Like hire me. Like it's no, like, let me hear about your company. Like, let me hear about what you're doing at the coffee shop today. You know, like make, like I said, relationships. And, uh, how do you, I know one thing that I, I I tend to struggle with is how do you set your price? You know, when you're freelancing, usually you have a rate, you kind of have your day rate or you do an hourly rate and it's a little bit easier, but when you're dealing with the business, you have overhead costs, you have to pay your, your videographers, you have to kind of establish that. So how do you kind of start on, how do you know where to start with charging and pricing? That's a great question. So um, another way I market is through the Not and Wedding Wire. Um, I'm a little like 50-50 with them. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes it's completely dead. Um, but for pricings and packages and stuff like that, like I kind of based mine off of what I knew my competitors were charging. Um, you know, if I was getting hired and I was making a certain amount of money as a 1099 contractor, like I knew that they were obviously making more. Um, and so kind of like ranging it from there, um, you know, I'm to the point where, like I mentioned earlier, like I don't have to take every gig, but that's just personal, like that's personal choice. I could take every gig, but I think I'd be stressed out of my mind. Um, so definitely just knowing your worth, knowing what makes this worth it for me to drive two hours here and two hours back and the editing on the back end like truly um, calculating almost like a formula you know like for me it's sure I have a package list but when it truly comes down to it there's travel coverage there's taxes there's add-ons there's subtractions you know so like nothing is just cookie cutter Um, so I would just say you know project to project ask what the budget is if you want to do a gig for $700 do it if you want to do a gig for $3,000 do it, you know, like be transparent and ask them what they're comfortable with, because you don't obviously want to get, say, like a corporate gig and they're like, our budget is secretly $7,000 and you just quoted them for 1500 and you're screwed, you know, because they're really banking on you not charging them $7,000. So um, just communication and saying at the end of the day, do I feel guilty for charging them the number I, I'm getting? Like, I don't think you should. I don't think you should try and like gain off of other people's like innocence and, um, you know, just them not understanding. Um, but truly being 
consistent, I think, client to client. So they're not coming back to each other and being like, I got the same thing, but for like $2,000 less, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, and that's, that's something that I think is is always tough is sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to throw that number out there and see where it goes. And sometimes you're like, this just feels right. And you just go for it. And, and I think sometimes people struggle so much with the minutia. But if people find the value in it and they want to work with you, they'll figure out a way to work with you. And whether it's negotiating or whatnot, but usually they, they figure it out. Yeah. And too, like if if the client means more to you than the number, if the you know resume and portfolio of their name brand, you know, maybe don't charge them an arm and leg. Be okay with um, what they can give you and kind of make like that beautiful relationship where they, you know, not always expect like the dollar discount, the best budget, whatever. Um, but to get your foot in the door, I think sometimes, especially as freelancers, before you're a business owner, you have to take, unfortunately, like those monetary hits, but they could grow you so much more and put you in front of the right person at the right time. So going back to your business, whenever you wake up in the morning and you think about, you know, what you've created and what you're c continuing to create, what kind of goes through your head whenever you're thinking about it? Um, definitely that it's not in my hands. It's um, in God's hands. And that's where I don't freak out every single day. Um, I am such a planner and I would love to know everything at all times. Um, but First, being a freelancer has truly taught me, like, you can't know everything and you won't know everything and stop stressing yourself out trying to, you know? That, that's awesome. I think that's good advice. And I, I'm, I think people will be able to kind of hear this and hopefully, you know, make the edge to, to, to try something they never tried before. And even if it doesn't work, you know, there's always ways to get business. The video industry is growing every day. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll continue to see people rise up and, and, and be able to come up with new ways to, to create their own work and enjoy the work they're doing. There's so many different ways to go about it. Yeah. And I don't think you should limit yourself. Like, I want, this is my ultimate goal. Well, what if you can do so much more than that? You know, like I used to, people used to say, what do you want to do in four years? And I'd say, oh, I think I want to be a producer in Hollywood. But like, would I really be happy doing that? Don't know. I've never done it before. So how about I just say, uh we'll see where I go, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to not have a plan. Just as long as you're making progress and you're growing and you're having fun with it, that's kind of what matters the most, making money and having fun. So <laughs> Exactly. That's the dream job. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Abigail, for joining on the podcast. I, I'm really excited to hear more about your business and see how you guys grow. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining on the podcast. We'll see you next week.